Welcome to Crossbound Ministries, where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word? You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Amen. Praise the Lord. Open your Bible with me to 1 John, 1 John chapter number 3 and verse number 1 is where we will begin today and we're going to talk about the love that the Father has given us. It's not just any love. He didn't just love us. Oh no, it's much greater and much bigger than that. And until you really expound upon the scripture and ask the Lord to show you in his word, what he means about what God has given you. Amen. So let's look into this today. First John chapter three and verse number one, the Bible says, behold, what manner of love the father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Did you hear what that said? Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. See, John here, he wants us to focus on the love that made us children of God. Love could have saved us, but God took a much bigger and much broader step than that. And he brought us, he brought you into his family. You see, there's certain people that I love. I I love some of the kids in the neighborhood. They're, they're great. I, I love some of my friends. I, I love some of the people at work. They're, they're great to work with. But it's a whole nother love when you love somebody and you say, I love you so much. I want to bestow my love on you so much that I want you to bring you into my family, into my home. And with my other children. Amen. See, that's a, that's a much bigger and greater love than I just love somebody. No, sir. No, ma'am. Listen to what John said again. Behold, the manner of the love. The, the, I'm sorry. Behold, what manner of love the father hath bestowed upon us. Now, here's the part. That we should be called the sons of God. Did you catch that? How much love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we can literally be called the sons of God. God didn't just save us. God didn't just love us. But God gave us something that is so great and so mighty that we could be called the sons of God. And listen, the world does not recognize us as the children of God. That last part of the verse 
Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. The world cannot recognize you as a child of God. The world cannot recognize you as the son or the daughter of God. Why? Because they don't know God. They may know a God that they made up. They may know a fictitious God. They may know some religion of some so-called God. But I'm talking about the one true living mighty God. Amen. There isn't but one. There's not many. There's not a few. There's not two. There is one. One true living God. And oh, what manner of love he hath bestowed upon you that you would be called the son, the sons of God. Amen. Like I said, you think about that. You, you probably love some of the neighborhood kids, the people all across the street, your neighbors, some friends. But it's a whole different level. When you love somebody so much that you bring them into your own home, around your own family, and you completely and you fully adopt them, you wrap their arms around them, and you bestow all the love that you have upon them. Amen? Listen to me. That's what God has done for you. That's how special you are. And listen to me out there in Radio Land or wherever you're listening on podcasts. You do not get to put the value on yourself. You have gotten down on yourself. You have gotten depressed. You have gotten to thinking, well, I'm in this situation. I'll never get out of this. I'm really not loved. I'm really not respected. I'm really not cared for. I'm really nobody. Listen to me. You do not get to put the value upon yourself. Now, listen to me carefully. It doesn't matter. Who did what to you when you were a child? It doesn't matter if somebody took advantage of you, if somebody hurt you. Listen, the devil is going to use that as a devil's lie to say you're nothing, you're nobody, you're worthless. Look what happened to you. There must be something wrong with you. And that's what the devil will do. He will turn it around. He's a master manipulator. And he will say, Look what's wrong with you. Look what people are doing to you. It's because of something wrong with you. No, sir, and no, ma'am. If somebody has harmed you, it's because there's something wrong with them. Now, think about this. If you read a newspaper article and there was an adult that hurt a child, you would not look at that child and say, what's wrong with that child? No, no, you, you would say, what's wrong with that adult? What's wrong with that other person? But listen to me, Satan is a master manipulator and he will make you feel like there's something wrong with you. It was your fault. No, sir, no, ma'am, that's a devil's lie because listen, the devil wants to drag you down. He wants you depressed. He wants you to pull the covers over your head and turn the lights out and never go outside the door. But listen, that's not from the Lord. The Lord wants you to lift your head up, moving forward for the Lord. And so the devil's going to fire those fiery darts at you. And like I said, if I were to take a $20 bill and crumple it up and write with marker all over it and tear it up and, and rub, you know, just nasty filth all over it. And, and I went to hand it to you and I said, wait a minute, I, I could have done some really wrong things with this $20 bill. I could have used this money to actually harm somebody or do some kind of adult transaction in an adult facility. Would you still want it? Well, it's still worth $20. You know why? Because that $20 bill does not 
put the value on its own self. There is a big, much greater influence that printed that money that says that is worth $20 no matter what happened to it. Now you think about yourself. God made you. You are made in the image of God. God puts the value upon you. You do not put the value upon yourself. Now listen to me. You start seeing yourself through the eyes of Scripture, and the verse says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Amen. So how much does God love you that he bestowed the manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us? Amen. And I, the last part of that verse, the world can't see how much God loves you because they don't know God. The, the world did not understand the Lord Jesus when he was here on earth. They rejected him. I know some accepted him, but many rejected him as many reject him today. You see, he was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his home did not receive him. Even the people in his own town rejected him. But since we Christians have the same characteristics as Lord Jesus, we cannot expect the world to understand us either. They're going to look at you like you're funny, you're crazy. Who are you? What do you mean you're a child of God? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am, you are. Why? Because the Bible says so. I stand, I stand alone on the word of God. There is nothing more powerful on this planet than the word of God. Amen. And it's not something you don't have to go to a great theologian or a doctor or a lawyer, or some big smart person with some big fancy degree. No, you can open up the Word of God and say, what does God Almighty have to say to me? And this is what He has to say to you. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. And He's talking to you. John is talking to us. He's talking about us. He wants you to look at, look how much God loves you. It's not just love. He could have saved us from hell just with loving us. But no, he took it one step further. He said, I'm going to call you the son of God. You're going to be in my family. You're going to be part of me. And I'm going to bestow my name and a piece of me upon you. You see, my last name is Sadler. Why? Because I'm from my father and I'm a part of him. And you see, when God, when you get saved, God imparts a piece of himself to you. And that is the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you are now in his family. You are a child of God. Amen. And your value, you have great value. Listen, if God loves you enough to bestow his love upon you, that you can be called the son or the daughter of God. How much value should you look at your own self? I don't mean lift up in pride, but I mean know that you are a priceless child of God and he loves you and he wants the best for you. Now, there will be trials and tribulations in this life. I do not have nothing to do with no prosperity gospel. No, sir. No, man, because it is a devil's lie. Jesus himself said you will face great troubles on this earth. But he said, when it's over, 
You'll walk with him and talk with him in heaven. Every tear will be wiped away. There'll be no more trouble, no more hurt, no more pain, no more suffering, no more sorrow. Amen. He promised us eternal life. He promised to save our soul from hell. And in this life, you will have tribulations. And don't don't look at another Christian and say, why do I got it so bad? Look, they, they have it so much easier than me. Look, their life. You don't know their life. You don't know their ins and outs. You don't know their thoughts. They may have tormenting thoughts. They may have on a nice tie and drive a Cadillac and live in a big house, but they don't have the peace that you have. And peace and peace is something that you can't buy, you can't earn, and only the Lord Jesus Christ can give it to you. Don't compare yourself with other Christians. Listen, when you start reading Christians in the Bible, many of those faced many different tribulations. They all had their own burdens to bear, and they all bore their own cross. Oh, they all suffered, but don't compare yourself with others. Just compare yourself with the Scripture and say, God, what do you have for me? And what can I do to be obedient to you? Amen? Let's look at verse number 2. Verse number 2. 1 John chapter 3, verse number 2. The Bible says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Don't you like that verse number two? It starts out the same way. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now, this does not mean that we will be physically like Jesus. It doesn't mean like you're going to look like his twin. No, but you will be like Jesus in moral, moral characterness, your moral character, moral likeness. The Lord Jesus will have his own definite appearance. He will look like himself and he will bear the, cross, the scars of Calvary throughout eternity. Each of us, we believe, will have his own distinct features and will we'll be recognized as us. Just like when I go to heaven, if my father's passed away, when I see him, I will know him. Somehow, some way, he will look like himself. If I go there and my mother has passed away and she's in heaven, I will know her as my mother. Will she look like she did on earth? In some way, yes. But in some way, she'll have that glorified body. It'll be a most perfect her. In each and every way, not only physically, I believe physically we will be perfect, but also morally. There'll be no sin. There'll be no battle with sin. And oh, what a glorious day it will be to see family members that I've loved, that I looked up to, that, that, that I wanted to be like. The, the one that witnessed to my family and my, my, my immediate family. The one that got my father saved. The one that brought Christianity into our family. Amen. Yes, it was a family member and I longed to see them. I longed for that day just to see them and hug them. And you won't, will know them. Now, it won't be you won't have a husband and wife. The Bible makes that clear. There won't be like that like it is here on earth. But you will know them. Your brother 
or your sister or your cousin or your mother or your aunt or your uncle. Amen. And I believe, I do believe without a shadow of a doubt that you will be able to talk about the glorious things that you did together here on earth, especially those for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the Bible does say in Revelations that every tear will be wiped away. It wouldn't be heaven if there was sorrow, hurt, and pain. And I don't know, I can't fully explain it, but somehow, in some way, the Lord Jesus is going to wipe those hurtful, painful memories out of our mind. So here, when it talks about that we will appear, we'll be like the Lord Jesus Christ, not, not physically, not like you're going to be his twin, but morally, you will. You'll be morally perfect. There'll be no sin in you. Amen. So the Bible does not teach that everyone will look alike in heaven. But we will, we will, we will be morally like the Lord Jesus Christ. We will be free from the possibility of defilement, of sin, sickness, sorrow, and death. And oh, do I look forward to that day. There's so much hurt, so much pain, so much sorrow, so much suffering here on this earth. And even though we have the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and I, I, I love being here on this earth. I love my family. I love going to work. I love raising my family. But oh, how I long to be with the Lord. Oh, how I long to walk the streets of gold. Oh, how I long to walk in moral perfection and not have the battle with sin, not be around sin anymore because it doesn't matter how long you've been saved, how much you've grown in the Lord, how old you are, you are still and always, as long as you are in this fleshly body, going to have a battle with sin all your life even on your last day why because we're in this fleshly body and it has a tendency to sin and it is naturally drawn to sin the bible says that men love darkness men love darkness yes we are saved our soul is saved but our fleshly body is still here on earth and even a Christian, even a Christian can be drawn to darkness. Why? Because it appeals, it appeals to the flesh. It looks good. It'll satisfy me. It'll satisfy that craving that I have. Although when you get a hold of it, it's, it'll be empty and there'll be nothing but sorrow. And listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. There is a price to pay for sin. The devil is a master of holding sin out and saying, look, you can do this and there'll be no penalty. You can do this. You can sin and you can have this sinful pleasure and you won't have to pay for it. Listen to me. That is a devil's lie. Every sin has a penalty and a payment behind it. Every single one, no matter how small or how big, that sin has a penalty and you will pay for it. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. So do all you can to flee from sin, to run from it, to turn from it, and to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, to live in the light, to know that we and you are the sons of God. Amen. Let's look at the next verse. 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 3. The Bible says, And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth 
himself, even as he is pure. Every man, every believer, every born-again Christian that has this hope purifieth himself. What, is that, what exactly does that mean, preacher? Here's what it means. Every born-again Christian, every person that is truly saved and put, has put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, they have a desire. The Bible says they has a desire for the sincere milk of the word. What does a baby drink? A baby drinks milk. And so as they're growing and you read the word of God, you see, you're going to start to get sin out of your life. You're going to start purifying yourself. You see, salvation is immediate. When you ask to be saved, when you put your faith and trust in your Lord Jesus Christ, it is right then, it is instantaneous. So salvation is immediate, but purification, purification, when you purify yourself, it's a process each and every day. The more that you grow, the closer that you get to the Lord Jesus Christ, the more that you read your Bible, the more you're going to get sin out of your life, the more you are going to cleanse yourself. Amen. Have you heard that old saying that sin will keep you from this book? Talking about the Bible, sin will keep you from this book, but this book will keep you from sin. Amen to that. The more you're in this scripture, the more you study it, the more you love it, the more you memorize it, the more you read it, amen, the more you're going to get sin out of your life. But the more that you sin, the more, because it's you, listen to me, it's a personal accountability. It's you, Christian, that will allow sin into your life. Don't put it off on somebody else or the TV or your neighbors. No, sir, it is you. You have the freedom to turn from it, walk away from it, turn that TV off, throw it out the door, whatever the case may be, but you have that choice. So the more that you choose to sin, the less that you're going to want to read your Bible and the more that you will allow sin into your life. But it's just the opposite. The more that you read your Bible, the more that you pray, the more that you love God, the more that you won't want to sin, the more that you don't want to go there, the more that you don't want to think that way, the more that you don't want to look with lust, the more that you want to keep yourself right and pure. Amen? The Bible. Amen? Write that in the front of your Bible. This book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book because that is so true. Look with me now in our next verse. 1 John chapter 3, verse number 4. The Bible says, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. This is the opposite of purifying yourself. This is the opposite of, of cleaning up your life of walking a pure, cleansed life. This is like opening yourself up, opening your chest up, and just allowing sin to pour in. This is just like holding your eyes on pure evil and pure sin and allowing everything, you personally allowing it to pour into your life. Amen? That is the opposite of purifying yourself. And that is a miserable life. Listen to me. A 
sinning Christian is a miserable Christian because the Holy Spirit will convict you that that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. You don't need to be there. You don't need to be there. You don't need to be there. Amen. So make sure that you're living right. Make sure that you're in the word of God and that each and every day you're dying to self like the apostle Paul says. And if you've never been saved, today is the day. Repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.